what is up gamers welcome to the save file podcast where like every video game character every gamer has an origin story to tell i'm your host gold lion and welcome to episode 12 episode 12 ladies and gentlemen and today's guest is gonna be a doozy man uh I, really, I did some research on this guy, and basically, I love his drive. Uh, he's really out here trying to build up the human spirit within his brand. He's a full-time content creator, influencer, and he's a mixer partner. His Basically, his the goal for his brand is to bring people together, a wonderful community together for humans with through gaming with positivity. So, gamers, I humbly welcome this man. Preacher, what's up, man? What's up, brother? How you been? You doing I, good? I'm doing. I'm doing delicious. Thank you for asking. That's great. <laughs> How you doing, dude? Dad, dude. Again, I know I said this before this, but I love your setup, dude. It's so it's yeah, nice. I know it's mint. Talking it's a little bit before. It's a work in progress. It's always a work in progress. It's yeah. never done. Is that another <laughs> chair you got back there? What's that? Yeah, I got. I actually have three Techni Sport chairs. So this is one of my partners. They. Uh, the first one I got is the one that you see. Actually, yeah, oh, I can kind of see it right there. Yeah, one that I got right there, and I got another one back here that I got from my wife for uh, Christmas two years ago. Nice. She's gonna have a nice year too. You know. Yeah, of course, of course, man. That's how it is, dude. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so tell us about your first experience with gaming. Well, if you want me to remember back to when I was five, that might be a little difficult. But however, <laughs> after that, I I remember. Uh, I mean, I was a Nintendo player. I'm an '80s baby, so. I mean, I was gaming since, uh, I mean, for as long as I can remember, you mm -hmm. know? So, I mean, playing lots of Nintendo with my brother. He was, he's older than me, so he was always kicking my, my, my booty, you know? But that's what gave me the drive, you know? Yeah, of course. I give, I give a lot of credit to my brother for uh, getting that drive in me to uh, be the best. <laughs> what games were you guys mostly playing? I mean, you know, the classics, Contra, Zelda all of it we were all, he was a he's in the military so he was he always loved the top gun game on uh nintendo but uh yeah. you know just i mean everything we were always running to rent the you know the most recent game that came out at the local you know the local store yeah the renting play yeah i remember those <laughs> you, things you actually had to do that in order to play games you know you were bugging mm -hmm. your parents to go get another game and you had like rental fees that lasted you know, to the end of the month because you brought it back late. <laughs> yep. I'm like, yo, I really wanted to play the game. That's why I brought it back late. Get off me, bro. You can arm and leg to pay those off, man. Yeah, and that's I how they made all their money. Be, I gotta beat Contra, mom. Yeah. You know. They're like, so. they're saying that you gotta bring it back in three days. It's a new release. I'm like, what? Exactly. Not, let me rent it for a whole week while I'm here. Oh, no, sir. You can't do that. Oh, God. You rent the game for five bucks. You end up paying 30 just to, just to beat the game. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well buy the game at that point, right? You're halfway there yeah all right man okay so the first segment we're going to get into is character creation so basically the background of your life and how everything became to this point so let's yeah. start with your gamer tag preacher how'd you get to that yeah so the name is actually not really given to me by myself but actually to a bunch of my gaming buddies so like part of my background is tied into the, where the name came from so um i'm a call of duty player so i played a lot of call of duty with a, a group of guys which you know, many gamers can relate to you develop friendships over a long period of time just because you're gaming with people. And so mm -hmm. uh, a group of guys. So at that time, this is probably about a decade ago. Um, my previous job, I was actually a youth pastor. So I was working with, you know, teens, high school, middle school, uh, you know, trying to build them up, invest in them and inspire them and motivate them. And 
during that time, I was always gaming at night, playing with this group of guys, same group of guys for about five, six years, right? This is a group of guys that I actually invited and met for the first time uh, on the weekend of my wedding. So, oh, wow. And that's, okay. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, that says a lot about the gaming industry and like meeting people and the relationships that can develop. Like, these guys uh, were, we were playing every single day, you know, so we knew each other well, right? Well, my, my gamer tag back then was uh, after a game I liked on this uh, Nintendo 64 called Forsaken. And so my gamer tag was Forsaken. Eventually, because they knew I was like a youth pastor, they always trolled me about it and they were always calling me preacher, you know? Okay. I always had something to say. You know, I always had some, I always got something to say. You come into my chat, they know I always got something to say. Yep. So they started calling me preacher, right? So that's kind of where the name came from was um, out of that experience over, you know, six, seven years with these guys um, who became really close friends. And um, when it came time to brand for, you know, for content creation, it, it just it just it was it was easy. It was a no brainer, you know, because I wanted to have a message of positivity, inclusivity and acceptance. Um, I also wanted to kind of build something that was you know, about being generous through words and actions, because those things are very, very powerful and mm -hmm. building people up. So, you know, the name preacher, obviously, it, it entices a little bit of question, you know, people are worried, you know, like, what are you, what are you preaching about? Huh? Every time yeah. I get three top questions, I get in the chat, will you, do, you know, do you play Fortnite? Which I don't currently, by the way, I'm sorry for your viewers. If you're Fortnite. <laughs> nah, hey, hey, they know I don't like Fortnite either. I have a hey. whole video on that. <laughs> I, you know me. One of the things I preach about is like, you got to respect and appreciate what's good about everything. Cause it, it creates competition for the games that we do love, you know? Correct. So, mm -hmm. um, but you know, with that in mind, um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, Basically top, top three things that you people yeah. ask you. Yeah. But basically the name came out of, um, uh really that in you know just basically just telling people about uh what it means to be a, you know just a decent human to other people you know yeah of course so when people do come into your chat what are the top three things that people say like hey what you preaching about you mentioned fortnite was being oh yeah oh yeah the top three that's right yeah. that's right so you got me back on track so yeah do you play fortnite will uh, can i play with you basically you know you always ask you have viewers that want to play all the time which i i do that i have that embedded in what i do but then the mm. third thing is is are you a real preacher right Mm. So, you know, because in the, in the industry, people are very concerned, you know, you see a lot of people uh, dialoguing about, well, actually not dialoguing, right? Because we, in our culture, it's like, hey, don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics, basically anything that's controversial, right? Mm -hmm. And which is totally understandable, because in the gaming culture, it's like, we're here to game, we want to play, we want to have fun, we want to be entertained, which is something that I love. Um, and it's, it's not something that I actually talk about on the religious side of things. My faith is very important to me. It's something that's embedded in who I am, but I'd never put that on uh, with my stream. I try never to, uh, you know, pressure people into aligning with what I, um, I believe or I follow just because um, I want people to understand that, you know, anybody and everybody is welcome, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think in our world and in our culture, it's like you have a lot of hesitancy to have dialogue and conversation about anything like, you know, politics and religion. And what I've tried to do with my channel and my brand is while people may be like hesitant a little bit when they come into the channel, they ask that question, are you a real preacher? Like, what are you <laughs> preaching about? I'm like, yeah, it's probably not what you think, because what I really try to do is I try to, you know, I guess, preach in a sense about the fact that we need to surround ourselves with people who are different than, you know, people that think differently, maybe believe different things or believe nothing at all and have a conversation where we can disagree and still love each other at the end of the day. 
You know, yep. we don't see that we surround ourselves with people like us. And so that's one of the things I talk a lot about is that that's really part of the preacher message, you know? So that's dope. All right. And what's the third? Well, that was the third. It was, uh, oh. it, do you play Fortnite? Can I play? Oh, and can I play? I okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could, man, I can only imagine how much of a touchy subject that'd be if people dropping in and be like, hey, man, are you really mm -hmm. a preacher? And then it's right. just, yeah. And it's fair, man. Like, for what I did in the past, like, I get it, you know? And that's why I love the gaming industry so much is because, you know, I wanted to surround myself with people who were very different than me, you know? And in the gaming culture, like, I just got back from a convention. And if you saw the diversity of people who become friends just because they're gamers, because they have a shared love for gaming, like I tell people, I'm like, bro, that if that isn't a touch of heaven right there, like that's, that's, you know, I don't know what is because you got all these different people groups, yep. all different backgrounds and walks of life coming together. Yeah. To just love each other. And that's really what it's about for me, you know? Yeah. That's, that, that's one of the biggest things I noticed about gaming as well. It's just like, like you're just playing a game. Yes. And you know, all you could hear is their voice. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they're like, hey, you're going to the same convention. Let's link up. There we are. And it's just like instant friends. Like, you know, it's, it's gaming is such a beautiful thing, man. And, and it and mm -hmm. kind of sucks that from somebody from an outside perspective that's not into gaming and yeah. doesn't understand that concept, it's, it's a little, it sucks. Mm -hmm. But I feel like within time, you know, humans, we always have a tendency to adapt to new things yeah uh, but first comes chaos with change and then i feel like after the chaos yeah gaming would be so much more than what it is man 20 years from now who knows where this is going to be it's going to be great mm -hmm. i mean people view it like i mean on the outside if you're not a gamer you know i think about like my parents you know or yeah. anybody from generations before you know you and i who have looked at it or viewed it as like a time waster right and then when i dialogue about it with them I tell them because on the onset, they see gaming like you're just playing games, but mm -hmm. you're actually connecting with people in a way that you might never connect with them in another way. You know, it's a side by side shared love for something and activity. And you don't see uh, you don't see the race. You don't see uh, religion. You don't see the political ideology that they, they align with or any of that because you're just you're just kicking it with them. And there's something really special about that. You know what I mean? That that's where. Your relationship starts with somebody just getting to know them with something that you both love to do mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's all that matters man yeah love brings everybody together man that's what's up uh so yeah so describe your childhood yeah i mean i i grew up in michigan um i born and raised west michigan uh the mitten state whenever i tell people where i live i just hold up my hand and just kind of point you know yeah i'm uh, from indiana so i'm aware of that okay <laughs> that so whole I'm a West person yeah so yeah. it's freezing here all the time we get about three months of like weather that's above 60 degrees you know <laughs> that's why i'm in texas now <laughs> Bro, i was just there and when it was 40 degrees i was like in heaven you know yeah. and everybody around me my, my california friends are just like dying you know yeah like you're crazy like or floor or, or the floridians you know they're freaking out because it's like 40 or 50 degrees you know mm -hmm. yeah so i grew up in michigan um i got a brother and sister they're both older my sister's middle brother's older um but awesome parents uh they split up when i was in high school when i was a sophomore uh definitely part of my story you know that really helped i, f I felt like in, uh, me learn to navigate um kind of trials that i was going to face in my life and they're great. They both uh, have done a great job managing that. And they, you know, we go to Christmas together and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
but that was, you know, that was a big part. I did grow up in a, you know, in a very loving environment and uh, environment where it was okay to explore things and try things. And that's what I love about my parents. They were always really great about uh, getting behind whatever I was doing and allowing me to kind of spread my wings as they say. <laughs> so, so they're always fully supportive on your, what you wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they're parental still, you know, like, Hey, here's something you should think about yeah. that you probably aren't thinking about, you mm -hmm. know, but they really instilled responsibility and discipline for me, you know, like what it means to, um, take responsibility for your actions and really be aware of what you do and how it impacts other people around you, you know, them included friends and family and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. How was it being, so you, you mentioned you were the youngest out of your siblings. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that? Um, it was good. I, I joke about it now with my brother and sister. Like I learned a lot from them simply by just watching them make mistakes. <laughs> wow. Now I, as the youngest, and if you're, if you're the youngest, if you're viewing this or listening to this, you probably connect with this where you just sit in the background, watch your siblings make mistakes, learn from them. And you could probably make your own mistakes and get away with it a lot easier, which probably happened a little bit for me. Cause by the time the third one comes along, right. I'm the third. My mom and my dad are like, yeah, he'll be fine. You know, but when you're the first, <laughs> I'm a dad now, right? Like, so I watched my daughter. My daughter's my oldest, and I have a younger son who's one. Mm -hmm. uh, my daughter's three. And I watched my daughter. We're like, we're on her case a lot more. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. first, before we had our son, it was just like, you're hypersensitive about everything because it's the first time, right? By the time our son came around, it was like, yeah, it'll be fine. Just rub some dirt on it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think I got that treatment too as the youngest as well. You know, my yeah. parents, they're like, they're, they're a little more off hands, not like, a, you know, a neglecting way, but like just in a, he'll be fine. We've been through this before. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Did you ever, uh, how was like, how, what's your um, relationship with your siblings? It's good. Yeah. It's changed throughout the years, just depending on the, the season of life. So my brother's military. So he's, he's been a little bit more, um, uh, out of the picture, not in the sense, just by proxy, you know, he's moved a lot every two years for the past, you know, decade and a half. He's 16th year army army. Um, okay. So shout out to all the vets out there. Appreciate you guys. Um, Thank you. I've learned to, yeah, I've learned to appreciate, appreciate a lot of, you know, what our armed men and women do, uh, servicemen and women do regardless yeah. of the country, just, you know, for, for me to be able to do what I do, my brothers helped instill that a lot. And when he was in college, I was in high school our relationship was a little rocky. You know, he was going through a season of life where it was really stressful. Mm -hmm. My parents had gotten divorced. Um, and that was quite a bit of, uh, there was a little bit of turmoil within our family there. But after things kind of leveled out, we all started our own families. We got a lot closer, you know? So same thing with my sister. My sister lives around the area. Um, super sweet, super kind. Um, and she's gone through her own trials as, as a mother. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, those things, when I've seen my brother go through trials within the military, and trying to manage having a family, same thing with my sister. Um, that stuff grew us together because we were all dealing with things, and it kind of just cultivated a desire to support each other. You know, so it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, that's that's you. You bring up a good point. Is that uh, you definitely learned from other people's mistakes growing up, and instead of you know, it's a whole thing like be a be a student, not a victim. Mm, so yeah. there's definitely there's definitely a lot in there that you share that people can learn from it. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. So okay. So how did so you say you started with Nintendo, the OG Nintendo? Oh yeah, baby. So I mean, is that tell us more about gaming? Like what what happened after that, gaming wise? 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think like anybody, you know, if you have a if you have a console or something that you have in the background when you get back from school, you know, and you get your homework done. I mean, maybe you didn't, by the way. But <laughs> you're, 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 it's always in the back of your brain, you know. Yeah. I gotta go do this. I gotta finish that, you know. Mm-hmm. I gotta Final Fantasy VII. It's calling my name. Like, come on, mom and dad. I'm done with dinner. Let's get it. Mm-hmm. You know, where's Sephiroth? That you know, I'm gonna yep. chop him down. So that's you know, like I think there was always. I mean, I can't remember a day over the past, you know, two decades of my life that there wasn't a console nearby where, you know, I was either kicking it with my friends or grinding a game, you know, by myself. Um, I really journeyed, like the first early part was obviously Nintendo dominated, right? So it was NES. Um, when Super Nintendo came out, it was Super Nintendo. We, I got into the Genesis Arena quite a bit, the Sega Genesis Arena. Um, we, uh, My brother and I were always grinding games on that um 64 came out that was like revolutionary right so then yes. now we're playing on the same screen split screen everybody's screen watching each other in golden eye oh and you're, god you're, you're, yeah you're freaking out you know like bro you were screen watching yeah How dare you you know and you ended that. friendships right and we, we ended you know <laughs> friendships violently over that game mm-hmm. you know that golden <laughs> so, gun man ends friendships dude i'm telling you Right, and then you got, you know, you're either Odd Job or Jaws, and Odd Job's mm-hmm. tiny, you know, like, I come on, he has an advantage. This is where we had hit the hitboxes, you know, were a thing, and it's like, mm-hmm. this isn't fair. You know, I nope. like Jaws. He seems like a powerful character, but no, you get, get wrecked by Odd Job. You know, yeah. you can't throw a throwing knife at him because he's too short. So. <laughs> that damn hitbox, no. dude. That's right. You know, after N64, it was PlayStation 1. Um, and then when Xbox came out, that's really when I did a little bit of PC gaming, um, with like Counter-Strike, um, in there a long time ago, like way back when it was first out, my buddy had a PC set up and, you know, I didn't even, I had no clue, but it was a whole thing where I was like, I got to learn this, you know, I got to get, I got to get good at this, yeah, you know, get good. but I always wanted to be better than my friends. Right. Um, and <laughs> then, course. you know, Xbox came out was a halo guy for i mean i don't know who wasn't you know xbox did something great with that game and created a whole new community of of gamers Mm -hmm. and uh, you know the ability to compete online land parties all of it you know that was a huge part of my you know gaming history and then really 360 the first time i bought a 360 was when world at war call of duty world at war came out and still is like one of the games that I look back on. I'm like, this is really Call of Duty solidified my route with the with Microsoft and Xbox um, over Sony. You know, I still played PlayStation games with people had you know who had that console, but mm-hmm. I became an Xbox uh, enthusiast. Ah, uh, uh, you became Xbox. Oh, okay, <laughs> uh, we got to end this interview now. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Right. No, but like I said earlier, it's like I got respect for all all the industries, all all the the platforms because they make each other better. You know, competition is good, and I it's love great, yeah. a lot of the exclusives Sony has done. Like I said about Final Fantasy VII, that was the game I was you know clinging to, which is why I'm like freaking out a little bit that they delayed the release of that game uh, this year. But I'm like, I've already waited four years, so what's another month? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I've seen everybody on Twitter. All right, listen, like uh, like like what preacher's saying he's preaching we waited four years for this man it's all right You'll be all right we'll be fine we'll be okay months. everybody get together yeah. relax we'll have a therapy session and we'll make it through this together when you the know? game comes out it's like it's like it never happened you're gonna exactly. be so into you know? it you'll be all right. right that's right did you play any other final fantasy games 
So I skipped over a few. I, I ended up going back and playing some of the ones that came out on Nintendo. I When it came to RPGs on Nintendo, I played Dragon Warrior, which was another very similar style RPG. You know, top top side, you know, just grinding the same enemies over and over to get, mm. you know, leveled up and whatever. Yeah, XP, yep. So I went back. The, actually, the first Final, uh, Final Fantasy game that I ever played was 7. Okay. And so Good I didn't start. really get to experience that previous era. So I went back. I have a, you know, a DS. I played a few of the ones that came out for that. And then I went further back and played some of like the OG ones on Nintendo and stuff like that. Never finished all of them, but um, started learning a lot about like the history of Final Fantasy games. I played um, seven and eight because they were both on PlayStation one when I had one. Mm-hmm. And then I skipped. I think the next one that I ended up playing as far as like in succession was 13. So oh, when you skipped 10, out, oh, you hurt my I heart. did, but I went back and played a little bit of it. So I didn't, I never finished it though. So like, finish I can't say, it, dude. I know. It's such <laughs> it's a like, good story, man. Oh my God. It's so good. It's literally the top oh. three games in my life. Like, dude. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I'll tell you what, on that recommendation, because of this interview, and because you're taking time to hang out with me, <laughs> I will go back and play it just for you. Okay. <laughs> all Thank the way you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's actually all I really wanted from this interview. <laughs> <laughs> to spread the word of Final Fantasy X, yeah. That's right. That's right. So I did 13 and then I did 15. Um, okay. So, yep. That's kind of my Final Fantasy history. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. So N64. So you got the 360. Halo. Mm-hmm. Yep. What came after that? Yeah, I mean, we got into the one, you know, when it came out, like I was just ingrained in, in Microsoft. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, when I was playing games like Borderlands on 360 and, you know, Halo, Call of Duty, those games really locked me, you know, locked me in once the uh, Xbox One came out, mm-hmm. you know, so we, we obviously we graduated to the Xbox One X and I'm very excited about the new uh, Series X that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. So I, I'm a multiplayer like fps player for the most part i do love grinding like a single player game like Mm -hmm. but if it's skyrim or like fallout like those games i can get lost in them on the side quests and i never finish it because of it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i'm always getting called you're like pun intended here by the way i'm always getting called by a game like call of duty you know what i mean it's like it's in the name i gotta go play this yeah (laughs) i gotta go My, my my wife's calling me honey you need to relax. I'm trying to save the world here. What could you be calling me about that's so important that would keep me from saving the world? I need to go win. My KD's <laughs> a two. I need to get it to 2.5 by the end of this week before you know my boys start trolling me again. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. You don't understand. Exactly. No. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. So, yeah, I can definitely relate to the Fallout and Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, I'm so excited with the new gen consoles coming out. They kind of oh, hinted yeah. the Elder Scrolls 6. I'm like, dude. Mm-hmm. Here I go again. When Skyrim came out, <laughs> I was I disappeared for like three months. Yep. yep. And then now with, Sky, with this, I'm gonna disappear for probably six months. Who knows how long this game's gonna yeah. be? Well, I'll see. And I'm gonna hibernate for six months and beat this game, and I'll talk to my friends and family uh, yep. when I'm out of the cave. <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way for Final Fantasy VII remake when it comes out. I'm just like, guys. I know. I'm gonna be in my room. <laughs> just I'm gonna be lost for a little while. Right. Well, and the thing is, is like talking about like content creation and streaming. It's weird because there's been games like that uh, that have come out mm-hmm. that I've had to like. You have a completely different dialogue with yourself when it comes to streaming a game versus just playing one with your friends off stream. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but like for when battle royales came out this is where i started was with PUBG. never played it before on console i wish they would upgrade the frame rate because the game needs it it just needs it when you look at it on pc it's delicious on xbox it's like a sack of potatoes although i love that the bad? game there's something special about it it's just the frame rate's low you know okay I mean, amongst many other things. And they're working on it. It, it gets better all the time. But mm-hmm. with a Battle Royale, this is what I've loved about this genre coming out, you know, is you get time in between engagements to dialogue with your viewers, you know, and talk and connect. Whereas, which I love because that's just who I am, you know. When it comes to being competitive, I like to win, but I would sacrifice to win to make sure my viewers are getting the attention they deserve or mm-hmm. um, to share a moment and have a funny moment, right? Um, with Call of Duty, since you know, like the new one came out, and I played Blackout and also the multiplayer there, it's like those games I love them, like the multiplayer, like 10 minute rounds, but you're dialed in to get the kill streak, so you're missing yeah. chat a little bit here and there. So it's changed my, my love for the different games because I love streaming and I love my community. Um, I've been drawn to certain games because of that, and I realized that and discovered that a little bit as I've been going. So that's that's dope, yeah. So, mm-hmm. how did um how did streaming get involved? Yeah, um, I think it's a, it's a, it was a long process. So I had worked in youth ministry as a youth pastor for like seven years. And in that seventh year, um, so middle school through high school. So I, was, I had students from sixth through 12th grade. So I had seen students kind of, you know, start when they were in middle school and then graduate in high school. And it was around that time where I had seen a lot of those students who started with me and ended and kind of moved on where I was starting to evaluate what I was doing. And I got to a point where I was feeling pretty accomplished with what I had done. Mm-hmm. And as a creative, um, somebody who has a creative temperament, like I always have an itch to try something new um, and take all of the things that I love about, uh, you know, creating things and, and do them, you know? And so I was watching streams. I was watching like Dr. Disrespect, Shroud, Tim, the Tapman, Ninja, you know, Summit, all these guys, these great content creators. And I was seeing the platform that they had, you know, the obviously the, the amount of viewers, but the opportunity to communicate with that many people at one time, right, on that scale. And I'm like, man, there is a huge, powerful platform with streaming. And every this is what's funny about it is I was working with middle school and high school students. And when I'm talking to them, they're they're all connecting with their boys or their you know their girlfriends or whatever like that mm-hmm. and you know what they're talking about they're talking about ninja they're talking about all these guys that and so i'm like there's obviously this huge influence on our next generation coming from youtubers and live streamers and influencers and stuff like that yeah and so for somebody like me who was always in a world of wanting to make a difference and wanting to do something to inspire and motivate people and being a gamer and seeing streamers and then also seeing the creativity you could do within streaming with graphics and branding and things like that. I got to take all the things that I love and put them together. Um, but it, I didn't make that jump like right away. It was a long process. So in that last year of my previous job, I was, you know, processing a lot about what would be next. And I was just testing out streaming part time. So I was mm-hmm. doing like three or four nights a week for like three to four hours at a time. I had a kid. We had another one on the way and my wife's like, Hey, I need you to function tomorrow. So you need to make sure you're getting good sleep. Right. And of course my gamer self is like, you know, what's that drive. I'm like, but honey, <laughs> I got 
at that time I'm like, I got 10 viewers, babe. Like I'm not going to sleep. You know, <laughs> this yeah. is like early on. You know, it's like I got momentum. You know, then I caught a big host from a streamer that I respected, uh, King Bailey Bomb. Shout out to him. Shout out. And when that happens, it's like you leverage those moments. You know, you you're, you got people, you've got an audience, and I was just each each of those streams were very different early on. So I was doing that while I was working full time, full secured salary job, and then eventually donations started coming in, and I, I had a community that was supporting me financially. Um, in a way that I was starting to really, you know, question like, man, is this something that I could really actually do um, and make a thing of it? And I had the security of, you know, I got a degree, undergrad degree where I could at any point in time stop what I'm doing now and go back and do, you know, what I was doing prior, you know, prior. Mm -hmm. But I took a leap of faith, talked about it a lot with my wife over several months. And we were like, what's the number? You know, like, what would we need to be making you know, bare minimum, right? Cause I was never doing it to, to get into like money-making that's never been my drive and it still isn't today, but what would it be to support our family? And I started putting up, um, kind of like a, a monthly support goal just to see like, would, would we hit this? And we were hitting it every month for about three months. So it wasn't like a cut and dry switch. It was like a thought out plan process thing with my wife where, you know, we were testing the waters to see if there was support there. Yeah. Um, and fruit from what I was doing. And then eventually it was like, yep, there's something here and I think we can do this. And so which shout out to my wife because she put a lot of faith and risk. She's not a gamer. She's not, she doesn't watch streams. She didn't then she does more than, you know, now than she ever thought she probably would. But, um, it was, it was at that point where we took a risk and it's, it's been one of the greatest decisions I ever made. So nice. Explain your experience, get partnered. That was insane. I actually got partnered streaming part-time hours. So I was only doing 20 to 25 hours a week, like four nice. days a week. And um, when I got partnered, um, I mean, I was ecstatic, obviously. I had no idea the success that I would see as soon as I did. And when I did get partnered, it was just my community was like, yep, this makes sense. Like, we never had a doubt. You know, and again, just the constant encouragement from them and support from them yeah, um, was, was life-changing. And same thing with my family. You know, I got to tell my, my, obviously my parents are like, wait, what are you doing now? You're playing video games? When everybody asks, I just tell them, I play video games for a living. That's all you need to know. Because when you start explaining it to people who are like beyond our generation, mm -hmm. no clue, you know? Yeah. And not only so, that, they're, they're surprised, like, wait, you get paid to play video games? Like, right. what? And then so many more questions pop up, and then then yeah. you can explain it. <laughs> and nobody really gets it outside of the gaming industry. Even people within it, you know, don't understand the amount of work and time that goes into corresponding with people within yep. your community, networking in the right way, uh, talking to companies and things like that, graphic design. You're an entrepreneur, essentially, and you're oh, running you your are. own business. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. and like people probably look at what you do and they're like, uh, you just sit and talk to people and exactly. it's like, there's so much more. There's so much more <sighs> video editing, branding, all of that stuff, you know? Uh, yep. It's, so. yeah, it's funny. It's, it's a hassle explaining it from mm -hmm. the outside perspective, man. It's crazy. So I want to go back to, um, if you want to share, yeah. uh, your parents splitting up yeah so how did that happen what led to that 
Yeah. Um, honestly, it's one of those things where I look back on it and I think about the time period and I, I, I don't pry too much for my parents, you know, both my mom and my dad. Um, I could definitely sense, I think, the year leading up that there was a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, within that, it, it didn't make sense then. And as the youngest, if you're a viewer out there, by the way, if, you're, if you've experienced divorce or um, you've been through it before, you know, if you were in high school, your experience is going to be different than mine. But I think for a lot of people, you don't really know what's going on. You have no idea what happened and your parents are trying to protect you you know they're trying to protect the um the feeling of being loved by them and not not having you feel like it was your fault right and i didn't really go through a lot of that because i was numb to it and i i was really just trying to manage my social life you know i'm in high school so i'm managing my social life and my extracurricular stuff and i really tried and this is a little bit into who I am as a person is I really don't like being looked at as like damaged or, um, and not, not that anybody does for that matter, but um, like the, that I'm weak in some way. So I always wanted to appear to be confident and I liked caring for people. And so when that happened um, with my parents, I didn't know that I needed to be cared for. You know, I needed people to care for me and with, with what was going on. I was still functioning under the mindset of like, oh, my parents got divorced. So now what I can do is I can go talk to people who have been through this before and help them. Like that was my first thought because that's just who I am, you know? And so my, you know, my parents said their differences without going into too much detail, just, uh, you know, for, for protection for them. Um, it, it made sense a lot later in life, I got time with my mom and I asked her and I just said, Hey, tell me more about what, you know, what was going on. And, and she was very, very kind and very apologetic. And I never loved my mom more, you know, because she was so humble in owning her part in it. And, um, my dad a little bit more emotionally removed, not that he doesn't experience emotion, but from his upbringing, it made a lot of sense, you know? And so I think, you know, going through the later season, kind of in my 20s, processing that it was, it made sense. And, it, you know, my both of my parents, like I said before, have learned to, um, for the sake of myself and my siblings, get along. And I am blessed by that, because I see a lot of people who have, you know, separated parents that cannot stand the sight of each other, and for maybe valid reasons. But my both my parents have uh, my, my mom's remarried um, and they will all be at family functions together. And that's very rare. That's an anomaly, I think, in our society. So that for me has been really strengthening to see my parents do that and is an encouragement because, you know, I know that they love myself and my, my siblings that much um, and value family over their differences, you know. And what did you learn from all this experience? A lot. <laughs> we could probably have a whole nother two hour episode on that. I think the thing that comes to the surface is I learned to be okay, not being okay, you know, and allowing myself to, you know, in a culture where, you know, it, we, to use the word preach, right? Where the culture preaches about, you know, manhood being 
like dominant, strong, um, almost emotionless, you know, like confident. I learned to accept that not being confident and not being okay was okay. You know, I had to do that for myself because I had all these inner battles with how I seemed to other people all the time, you know, and that's something that I still struggle with today is especially when you're in front of a camera in front of hundreds of people watching you, it's like, it's easy to judge yourself. And I think a lot of other, you know, streamers and content creators would say that they have that battle. You'd think you'd see them as confident on, on stream, but when they get off stream, they're constantly criticizing themselves, you know? And that's true for me too. I think what I learned, you know, that experience is really to accept myself. And that um, one of my really good friends that I worked with before this, his name's Zach, you know, Zach was always talking about how failure is not fatal, you know? Like when you have failures within yourself, you make mistakes, it's not gonna destroy you, you know, and it can strengthen you. And so that's really what I learned and took, you know, took away from that season of my life. And it's something that I still, you know, am learning today. So from that experience, how, um, what is, so I'm trying to figure out how to form this question. Give me some mm -hmm. time. How is it that, okay, so from the experience that you felt through your parents going through that, mm. what lessons from that did you carry on to your marriage? Yeah, I mean, marriage is hard, man, you know, and if, if it wasn't hard before, it's hard now, you know, with us, my wife's full-time teacher, she cool. teaches special ed. Nice. which okay. that has a whole nother layer to it, right? You got kids who need just an extra amount of care. Um, and then I have something new now that I'm doing for the past year and a half. You know, we have two kids. All of those external things put a lot of strain on your marriage. So it's like work-life balance, man. Like that is one of the hardest things to figure out. And we talk about it. We have to, you know, regularly. Because when I was trying to put in you know, hours, you get a host, you get, you know, put in a position where you're trying to leverage, you know, things that are, are, that are happening that are good. Explaining that to your wife, who's been up with your, you know, your kids the night before and the night before that, that you're going to be up late or that you'd like to push a little bit longer, that puts some strain on the marriage, you know? Mm. And so she's been very supportive and I've had to learn especially from my, you know, not even just my parents, but just um, marriages around me, you know, uh, my friends and other family members, like I've had to learn to, to become more selfless and humbly like serve my wife who's putting in time and work um, and honor her that way, you know, to really listen to what her needs are. Um, and it's a back and forth, you know, like you, you give not to take, you give because you love. And that's what I've probably learned the most is I'm going to sacrifice not going an extra hour or two after I have maybe the most viewers, let's say for that day, um, I'm going to get offline and I'm going to go hang out with my family and I'm going to be present, right? Like that's what I've had to learn is to like be okay with those moments. And when I've started to do that more, you see that that breaks down walls in your relationship with the person you love. Like when I do those things more, not because I'm trying to get something, 
you know, to get an extra hour on stream or an extra hour of, you know, emails, you know, and correspondence with, you know, my community. She has a desire to support me and dialogue more about what my needs are, you know? So it's mm -hmm. really, I think the thing that I learned a lot was just trying to be in tune with what my wife's needs are, you know? Yeah, that's well said, my friend. Well said. Thanks for sharing all that, dude. That's one hell of a content yeah. creation. Or co wow, <laughs> character creation. I keep saying that. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's awesome. it's a journey, man. I, I, I wish I could say like, oh, yeah. my. That's the thing you, you deal with, too, is like people, people talk to, they see your Instagram posts with your family and your kids, and it's got a filter, and everything looks so great. It's so perfect. And everybody's like, your family is so perfect. And I said, if you only saw us. At 2 a.m. when my son's throwing up and my daughter's screaming because she had a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> and what we're, what we're saying to each other there, you might not see, you might not say that. Uh, <laughs> the same, this, you might not see the same thing you saw on Instagram. You know what I mean? Uh, and I really try to break that down for people when I, when I talk about my life. It's like, you guys, I am just as messed up as the next guy, you know? And what you see isn't always what I am, you know? is I really try, I try to cross those things over as much as possible. But the reality is, is like, I'm flawed, man. I'm a human. So I make a lot of mistakes. And I, 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 I talk about that stuff on stream sometimes to help people remember like, and have permission to be okay, not being okay. Right? Like, that's what I said before about what I've learned is like being okay. was not being okay. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to bring that and try to share some of those moments of my failures in our real life struggles to remind people who are going through real life. They're not just, you know, they're watching a stream in this person this dude, but those viewers are people that have jobs and families have gone through divorce, have addictions and all those kinds of things going on that they're working through. And so if I can give people permission to be okay with not being okay by talking about my failures and my struggles, I'm, you know, I'm going to do it. Yeah. They you know? feel, they feel a little less alone. Exactly. That somebody can relate to their struggles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. So the next segment we're going to get into is attributes. So with every mm. character is always a set of characteristic traits. So I'm going to mm. mention some traits. And then you rate okay. yourself from one to five, five being the highest. Okay. Got it. All right. First one's charisma. Five. Why? I mean, I'm an extrovert. You know, it's just part of who I am. I love bringing people together. I love connecting people. Um, uh, humor is important to me too. Mm -hmm. So like finding ways to make people laugh is very important for me. Um, and I also just don't care about what people think as much as maybe others I've had, like going back to the being okay, not being okay. Like I've learned to laugh at myself. Right. And when you start to do that, when you start to learn that quality, mm -hmm. life is a lot better, you know? Yep. So, and I'm usually the guy that's starting conversation. Like I ask I talk about it all the time in the streams. Like you want to get to know somebody, ask open-ended questions, not yes or no questions, you know? So this is stuff that I do. Mm -hmm. I'm usually the guy who I'm like, I get the party. I want the party the, together. I'm going to send out the invites. You're going to show up in my house and we're going to have a good time. And then I'm going to find the person who's over by themselves. And I'm going to say, come on over, let's go. You know, you're part of this too. Yeah. So, but Christmas is, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't care about what people think. And I've just, you know, I've, I've lived enough life to just not, it just, it takes too much energy and maybe that makes me charismatic. I don't know. It um, does. It makes you charismatic. Yeah. I believe so. it does. Self-awareness. Oh, let's see. Self-awareness. I'm going to give that a three. 
Yeah. Why at three? Um, and when I think about that, you know, self-awareness, I think it's an awareness of what I'm saying and doing and how it makes other people think and, you know, what it makes them think and feel. Mm -hmm. um, as an extrovert, I can often miss uh, when people are like, hey, you're going a little over the top right now and it's making me uncomfortable, right? <laughs> because remember, I'm charismatic, so I don't care what you think. <laughs> uh, okay, I like that. Oh, no, there's that self-awareness, you know. Um, I, I wish I could rate myself higher on that, but I think it's, it's a good and a bad thing, right? Like it's good because, it, you know, I, I'm aware to a point where I know myself um, I'm not aware to the point where I'm always dialed into like maybe what I'm making an introvert feel or somebody who is not as talkative. So they're like, hey, I know you like to ask open-ended questions, but I might just like to sit here in silence. So can you <laughs> stop talking? <laughs> yeah, you run into those every now and then. Yeah, or I think before I speak. That's probably another thing too. Or I talk, or I, I speak before I think. So I'm always like, I joked about it just on my last stream, like, my mind's moving, uh -huh. um, but my mouth is moving way faster. So, how are you with social cues? I think I've, I I do really well with social cues. Um, so I guess with the, the self awareness thing, like I wouldn't say like I would rate myself a three in the sense that like I I do understand, you know, in a lot of settings, like what I said about having a party and then noticing the person in the corner that's by themselves, maybe not connecting. Mm -hmm. Like I noticed that person. So like, I've always been like an advocate for the person that's in that situation, you know? So social cues, I feel like I do pretty well. Um, but it's, I mean, there's no way I could rate myself high on that. Was that one of the, was that one of the traits by the way? Or is that part no, of the No, that was just like okay, right. bridging it from there. Kind of an extension. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I really, I think I've, I'm, I do well with that. Like dialing into what I think people's needs are. Um, but I'm also, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. So I'd probably fall right in the middle on that. Yeah. Confidence. I'd say four or five. Yeah, probably. Four. I'd say four. I'd say four. Four. So I mean, yeah. I seen that you said a four or five. So why'd you digress to four? Yeah, because I, I I was just thinking about other people who are are in my life who I'm like, oh, like I don't know that I'm as confident as that person, right? Mm, okay. So like, I am confident, right? But I do second guess myself sometimes. You know, okay. and I'm like, I, I am in a evaluative state a lot when I get done like streaming or when I get done with what I, you know, if I'm hanging out with my wife or whatever, it takes me a while to get there because I'm confident. But sometimes I second guess myself, you know, like maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe this wasn't the right approach. Those kinds of things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but overall, I, I feel pretty confident as a, you know, with who I am, who I want to be, who I don't want to be. You know, things like that. Patience. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, oh, okay. myself on one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why? Bro, just ask my wife. We'll get her on here. You can uh, talk to her about that. Where's she at? I mean, I told you a lot of the push and pull. When you, when you get in... If, you, if anybody is out there listening to this and you're an entrepreneur or somebody who's a creative person, patience is probably not your strength. So for me, I don't like to wait. So when I get started on a project, like video editing, for example, last night would be a great example. I'm putting together a video um, from the convention that I just went to. Mm. Um, actually, it was from the stream talking about the convention. 
And my wife and I were hanging out in the living room. Kids are in sleep are, are sleeping and uh, I'm working on this video on my phone. She was working a little bit, but we were both trying to connect at some point in the night and kick it with each other, right? Mm -hmm. Watch the show. And I just was like, one more second, honey, one more second. And that was like for 30 minutes, you know? Cause I'm impatient. I want to finish things now. I don't want to leave stuff untouched. Like when I walk into a room and it's messy, I got to take care of it like right now. Cause I cannot function. It's got a little bit of OCD. I think a little bit there too. Mm -hmm. So I've had to let a little bit of that go, but I think to be completely honest with myself and the people watching and listening, uh, yep. It's going to be a one. <laughs> Gratitude. Gratitude. I'm going to say five, man. I'm going to say five. Explain that. Um, I have learned, especially working in like with people like my entire life. So I volunteered at a nonprofit, which was the church that I ended up working at as a youth pastor and saw how far gratitude went with me when I would do something or when I would serve and my mentors are people that I, I, um, I valued were thanking me and showing gratitude for what I did. I saw what that did to build my spirit up, you know, and I believe that, you know, gratitude is contagious, you know? So I became a very appreciative person just by nature, because going back to like, for example, when my parents, uh, you know, were getting a divorce and things like that, I had people in my life that were showing gratitude and encouragement for who they saw me to be or what, or they saw what they saw me doing. And I needed that. And I didn't know I needed it until it was happening. And so when it was happening, my spirit was like shifting, you know, and I was becoming a more positive person. I saw what it did for me. And I also just over time, as I started building that into who I am um, and who I want to be, saw what it was doing for other people in the same way. You know, um, a lot of people go throughout their life, never receiving a word of encouragement or appreciation for what they're doing and that is it's sad and it's 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 not okay for me you know because i've seen what it does for me and so gratitude for me is very important i would i would spend like if i had time to um if i had to write an email to a company about a business opportunity and i had two options i could do that or i could write a note to somebody who dropped into my like community support channel in my discord who just posted about, you know, losing their, you know, a family member to like cancer. I'm going to go to the second one every time, mm -hmm. you know, and it might not give me the next business opportunity. It might not build, you know, <laughs> tangible revenue or anything of that nature. But for me, that's where I want to land with what I'm doing because I've seen how much people have poured into me and shown gratitude to me that I, I, I just cannot function any other way than being that first, being, you know, being appreciative first. Forgiveness. Forgiveness, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say a five. Yeah. Mm, why? I'll say four. I'll say a four. Yeah. So why go down to See, a four? I like that again? Yeah. I don't, I'm not, whenever I do these, by the way, <clears throat> charisma was an easy five because I'm thinking about streaming and I'm thinking about like, what I do, like the general sense of my channel and how that's part of my personality. I'm like, oh yeah, five is easy. But most of the time, I cannot rate myself on what would be like the, the perfect number, like the top number. But I would say overall forgiveness, uh, four is a very uh, solid, it's a solid four. 
solid four. I, like I said about failure not being fatal, I talk to people on a daily basis, and I am one of these people who has made mistakes and has been judged for them, written off, given the cold shoulder, treated like garbage, treated like they're damaged, treated like they can't do anything right, and that they can't succeed or whatever they're doing um, or pursuing is not going to happen. Like I've been that person and I've seen that. And for me, forgiveness is a core principle and value that helps people um, get better from whatever the, whatever it was that they did, whatever mistake they made, forgiveness is actually, um, the food that produces the fruit of success for, for people who have made mistakes, you know? So I'm a very, I, I really try to be a forgiving person. It's not like I, I mean, I, I'm married and I have two kids and my wife in the middle of our stress, most stressful times, like, of course it's hard to forgive. Of course it's hard to do that. And that's where I'm like, there's no way I can give myself a five because I've seen how, I've seen how unforgiving I can be in the, in the closest relationship that I have with somebody who I should love and forgive the most and first, you know? So, but as a content creator, as a person going back to like, my mom and thinking about my community and what I do there, everybody's made mistakes. How could I not be a forgiving person? Um, when I know that I've made mistakes and I've hurt people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people hold grudges. A lot of people, um, will put, put people in a box after they've done something and not allow them to become or be the person that they, they want to be seen as, um, not just as a facade, but actually be seen for who they are. Um, a lot of people do that, put people in boxes. And I just, I've been, I've been treated that way before. And it's, it's terrible. You know, it's, it's the worst thing you can do to another human is say that you are incapable of being better than your worst mistake. You know? Well said, my friend. Yeah. Thanks. Spirituality. Well, I've told you a little bit about my background. So, mm -hmm. um, it's a huge part of who I am, you know, uh, my faith. Uh, I, I, I tell people I'm a Christian when they ask, but like, um, I'm figuring it out. You know, I really try to walk into that conversation very humbly because many people in that sphere of spirituality and within Christianity, Judaism, any other religion, um, almost now i wouldn't say that they believe that they have all the answers but they would project that to people in a way that makes them feel insignificant and not worthy or not um valuable or knowledgeable or intelligent or beautiful any of those things can happen when somebody says i have the answer you don't so when that when it comes to like the spirituality conversation i would say five because my faith is a very huge part of what i'm doing and you know, I tell people I would not be here if God had not put people in my path. There's been so many things throughout my journey where I'm like, I've like, I took one of the biggest risks, two kids. And for some of the things that ended up transpiring, um, I could not explain that away. Now, other, other people will disagree with that. And I, I encourage that. Like, those are the people I love talking to because I want to love that person, you know, and disagree and have dialogue. And then shake hands, give hugs, get a drink, 
go get coffee, grab a burger and say like, this doesn't define my ability to love you, you know, which is a core tenant for what I would say that I believe in anyway, you know, so spirituality is a very big part of my life and it, in, it always will be, you know. So is that a five? Yeah. yeah five. <laughs> Solid yeah. five. Solid five. Mm-hmm. Integrity. Integrity. Um, I'm going to say, this is a tough one, man. Uh, I'm going to say, say four. Yeah. Say four. Yeah. I think that, um, I wish I could tell people like I'm the most selfless. <laughs> I'm the humblest person there ever was. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you start getting into business and entrepreneurial work, it's really easy to put yourself first all the time. And that starts to put in question your integrity, like your motivation behind what you're doing um, and why you're doing it. And I would say that from the beginning till now, I still struggle with that. You know, like thinking about working with people, like having friendships, for example, within an industry that is very, I mean, to say the, to be completely transparent, it can be cutthroat because it's an entertainment industry. You know, you're trying to be seen, you're trying to be heard, you're trying to get noticed. It's very easy for that to transcend, um, or what, how should I say this? It's very easy for that to kind of take over and dominate, um, doing things the right way, mm -hmm. you know? And I've never had like, I've actually made a lot of sacrifices for my business, um, for the sake of remaining uh, somebody who hasn't has integrity, you know, yeah. and I've, I've lost out on follows. Like I've lost out on views, um, maybe some business opportunities, some friendships probably because I wasn't willing to sacrifice my integrity to um, maybe do things that were expected or asked of me. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So, and that's where I'm going to land more often than not. And again, going back to the four or five thing, I, I'm just, it's not something that I'm perfect at. You know, there are times when I'm thinking about myself first, you know, not that I think that there's anything wrong with that, by the way, when you're building a business or you're doing entrepreneurial work, like thinking about yourself is okay. Yeah. You know, because if you're supporting a family, you're thinking about your family too, you know, but there's definitely those times where I'm like, Hey man, I'm the center of attention, baby. Let's get it. I'm the front page of mixer. I'm on the spotlight. I'm this, I'm that. And that stuff can very quickly go into your work and what you're doing and why you're doing it. You know, so from the sake of integrity of there, like that's, I just, there's no way I could give myself a five because I just don't, you know, I think from the, the things that matter most, my integrity uh, elevates, you know, mm -hmm. but I, it's just those internal battles of putting myself first that I, I struggle with and probably always will, you know. All right, last one. Luck. Luck. And I, you just asked me about spirituality, and I said five. You don't. I don't believe in luck, son. <laughs> I'm just. Playing. <laughs> <laughs> Everything um, happens for a reason, bro. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Yeah, I think that I think in entertainment, luck is a huge part of it. I think the luck that I've experienced. Um. You can call it luck. You can call it whatever you want. 
I think I experienced a little bit of that because I, I know what it's like when I get offline. So for example, I go back to like getting hosted by streamers who I respect, um, who I really loved uh, gleaning from early on when I was just watching and not even streaming. Uh, you know, like I go back to those people who, when I started streaming, they dropped a host, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm thinking about now when I have a decent amount of people that I can put on somebody else's channel, who's, um, you know, trying to work at it work at streaming and build something. Um, there are times when it's late at night. I try to be very intentional, by the way. Intentionality is very important to me. Like I don't just host anybody, you know, um, it's a very thought out process, but just from that, that particular example, there are times when it's like two, 3 AM and I'm like, uh, I got to go to sleep, like boom, click done, go to bed. And whoever that person was, maybe they had, you know, 20, 30 viewers, and now they have 150 or 200 viewers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, some of that is a little bit of the luck. I received a little bit of that probably. There's no way to know for sure, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I would say as far as the number, the rating system, I'm going to say a two. One or two. Nice. You know? Yeah. I put a lot, I, I put a lot of energy in my work, and I, 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 don't, I would never want to believe that my work being chalked up to luck, you know? So... Yeah, I mean, you explained it well. It was a good answer. Yeah. All right, so we did your character creation. You gave yourself your attributes and rated yourself. Mm-hmm. Now we're off to your main quest, my friend. So mm. what are some uh, long-term goals that you're working on? Yeah, right now, um, I'm really in the heat of it right now. So I'm a year and a half in, and so companies start becoming a thing. What companies do I want to work with? Um, where do I see myself five, ten years from now? Um, I'm 34, right? And a lot of content creators are mid twenties. They're younger. Um, and I, it's one of those things that go back to, I'm like, man, I wish I would have started doing this years ago, right? For the potential, but it wasn't, it wasn't a thing when I was in my mid twenties, but it is now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I know I can do this and I, I can be good at it. Um, do I see myself in content creation long-term? I just had a conversation with, um, somebody who's a, a prominent person in my life within streaming and was just talking about this exact question. And, you know, these questions start coming up like, Hey, would you be willing to move here? Or, you know, just dialoguing about your options. Would you be willing to do this or that? And I'm just like, yes, yes. And yes, because I don't want to close any doors. I want to keep the doors wide open. So when I think about content creation and doing what I'm doing now, I love gaming. I love connecting with people. I could see myself maybe exploring um, some sort of management uh, of people within the industry mm-hmm. and finding out ways to help them be the best that they can be and see things in them that they may not, they may not see themselves. So somewhat of an encouragement and skill-based trainer uh, for people who are looking to get into content creation. So um yeah, it's hard to say right now because I'm in the heat of it, you know, and I'm loving what I'm doing. But I think the five, 10 year plan, I could see myself doing content creation, maybe part time. I don't know. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, exploring other options within the gaming industry. You know, some companies, it's like they see what you're doing and they're like, hey, we want you to help us with this project. And that excites me where I'm like, maybe it's managing other projects with other companies. Uh, to help them get better what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's kind of up in the air for the long-term goal th- side of things. I can say, like, I don't know that I'll be a content creator forever, you know? As far as, like, the way that I'm doing it now. 
-hmm. could see it branching off into being more broadly to managing content creators, being a part of an organization. Maybe it's work for Mixer. Maybe it's work for, you know, Twitch or Facebook gaming, or I don't know, uh, you know, YouTube or anything like that. And being like a community manager for streamers on the platform, something like that. Cause I love helping people build communities. That's like one of the biggest things that I love doing. And I like helping other people who are pursuing that do it to the best of their ability. Right now it's hard to do those kinds of things because I'm managing my own, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the long term, I would say. It's not super specific, but yeah, keeping the doors open. What is so speaking of those doors, the doors that are that are open for you that you could see, which one stands yeah. out for you the most? Um, well, that's hard to it's hard to say because doors are just starting to open, right? Like so I'm I'm doing okay. partnerships with different companies. Um it's not like there's anything super clear that's open at this point, but it's something that I see opens at times just from like a distance on the outset. You see companies opening doors up and stuff like that. Um, there are companies that, you know, I gravitate towards that have helped me um, that I'm like, man, I, this this is a company like, man, if this door opened, I would I would potentially walk through that door, you know. Mm -hmm. So a few of the partners that we have right now. Um, we have a gaming chair partnership with Technisport. There's a partnership with a gaming supplement, uh, Gamer Supps, and then also Victorious Eyewear gaming glasses. I was just like looking around, like, where are they? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I looked. I looked a little bit about them. Like, what are they exactly? I mean, they're blue light blocking glasses. Okay. They're trendy. They look awesome, and uh, they're comfortable. You know, they definitely help. I mean, ultimately, though, you're protecting your eyes and stuff. So, um, gotcha. The newest partnership with Streamloots, I don't know if you're familiar with Streamloots, is like... Sounds familiar. You purchase chests. Those purchases support the streamer, but the chests are full of cards that are customized by that streamer that have unique engagements with that channel. So it's an overlay that pops up with the card. For example, I have a Preacher Karaoke card. So if you play that card, it's a legendary one. I will sing a song to you. Hey, okay. Off top baby i'll go after it nice right or um you know a card that's like uh barry preacher white if you don't barry white he's that he's got that here we can do a demonstration here i'll get it for you right now yeah, right, i think you should get it here pick it up in the in the in the show here mm -hmm. like this be like oh baby this sounds real sexy <laughs> you know, like yeah right or a card that's like um uh well i'm trying to think what is it uh what's what do i call that oh uh preacher and the chipmunks right so when uh, that card gets played it's like this it's kind of like uh i believe i can fly nice <laughs> so you get something like that or if you want to hear a little bit of caustic you know you do one of this oh here hold on one second it'll be more like this i feel most alive when wait right, something like that so you have cards that instigate something like of that nature. And uh -huh. that's a company where that they, they've created something that I love uh, because it helps me uh, flesh out my personality with my viewers, mm -hmm. right? I have fun with it. So I'm like, oh yeah, that's a great company too that I would love to get more involved with. You know, all these companies, you know, have great products and do great things within the industry where I'm like, if doors open with them, I don't know, maybe, you know, so... That's nice. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. See where your career ends up going, dude. Seems like you got a lot of opportunities heading your way. Congrats.
I appreciate that. No problem. All right. So with every main quest, there's always some side quests. <laughs> so what are some side quests you're working on, such as health, business, personal mm. development, anything? Yeah. Yeah. The, the big one right now, you know, 2020 just hit, right? Everybody's seeing clearly, pun intended, right? About the future, right? So I'm thinking, what what are my goals? Like these short-term things. And honestly, it's a lot of stuff outside of my my business. A lot of it is... I mean, uh, on the business side, it would be uh, finding some more companies that I connect with that I really want to work with. Um, uh, you know, so stuff like that. Maybe an apparel company right now. Maybe uh, I'd love to to you know to work with a some peripheral companies like you know Logitech or an Asus, uh, something like that. Um, but that stuff really doesn't rise to the surface for like immediate, short-term goals. Like right now, a lot of it is the health, like work-life balance you know, cause this is a very grueling, uh, job and career. So, um, but I also am a dad and I want to be a good husband as well. So right now, a lot of it is like the health, like getting good sleep, eating better, um, having limits, putting limits on myself, like doing that and being in a mental place where like, it's okay to set things down, walk away and then gain the energy that you get from doing that and put it back into the next day. I, t- I told people a lot, early on and I still will tell them that today that you could stream seven days a week 12 hours a day and be the least successful person on the platform because you're literally streaming yourself completely drained in front of your viewers Mm -hmm. right and so for me I found success streaming six to eight hours max regularly for you know four or five days a week earlier on now it's six days a week and that was with me getting good sleep for the most part when I'm not streaming till 2 or 3 a.m. on my night streams. Um, that I started pushing that a little bit. But yeah, so the, the point being like you could do a lot of on-stream live time and be the worst, right? Yep. You're not focusing on the stuff externally, whether it's with the business, like graphics, branding, marketing. You don't even have a profile done. Like get some panels, bro. Like, get that stuff done. Don't stream for another hour and just take an hour a week and put it into that. So there's that. But then there's also, like, my wife and my kids. Like, I want to be present with them when I get off stream. I don't want to be a zombie. I want to be engaged with them. So, like, this year, really trying to figure out and lock in a, a be- the best schedule that allows me to be the best dad and best husband I can be, you know? So eating better, sleeping better. And I'm going to try to start doing a little bit more working out, getting that in. I live in Michigan. You live in Indiana. So, you know, nobody goes outside yeah. when it's 15 degrees outside. Right? Yeah. So, it, yep. I used to have weights in my house all the time. Just finding out what does that look like, you know, for somebody who does what I'm doing and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that it? That's all the side quests? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say so. That's, and that's what, that's all I, I mean. I, that's all I can focus on. Like, that's all I, that's if I put more on my plate, I'm going to, I'll be torn all these different directions. I'm like kind of person. I'm like, I want to do one thing. I'd rather, uh, as Ron Swanson says in parks and recreation. And yes, people are going to be like, Oh my gosh, preacher said a swear word. <laughs> whole, whole ass one thing. Don't half ass two things. Right. Okay. Repeat so, that like, one more time. <laughs> can we, uh, are we recording that? <laughs> yeah. Are we <laughs> whole ass one thing? Don't half-ass two things or a lot of things, right? Yeah. Just make sure that you're putting your, your best energy into a few things instead of trying to do everything really, really well, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's another philosophical quote. I forgot who said it, so I'm not going to try to guess in case I get trolled. 
But he said, uh, a man who chases two rabbits catches none. Yeah. So. It's, it's wise, man. You, I'm going to start calling you the preacher. Whoever, <laughs> whoever said it. You know? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm thinking it's Socrates, though. I'm not going to lie. He's the well, only person that's popping up in my head right now. If it was, Rose a genius. Yeah. He, yeah. You you think no he idea. actually chased rabbits. Maybe he actually, maybe that was a literal, uh, an actual experience that he had. He right? was chasing rabbits and caught none. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe he was just, that's what I think about all the, all, through all his the town. Th- all philosophers just, they, they actually had these real life experiences and then they had that thought where, uh, you know, that the phrase that you just said, and then it's uh-huh. like, ah, this is wise. <laughs> yeah, this is wise. How can I make this philosophical? You know, other inner history books. So. Yep. Okay. So you, you explained your main quest and then you explained your side quests. So now you reach your final boss. So what is your final boss? Yeah, I'm going to be the president of the United States of America. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'll vote for you, dude. It's cool. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Um, Man, that's a big question too. Yeah, the huge goal that I want to conquer. Um, Again, just going to the philosophical and the principle side of things. I want to get to the end of my life and know that I did not, going back to the integrity thing, I want to know that I get to the end of my life and know that I did everything to help as many people as possible with anything that I was doing. Mm -hmm. My neighbors next to me, my community within my channel, and most importantly, my, my, my wife and my kids. You know, I want to make sure I get to the end of my life and have conquered the boss of myself and my selfishness. You know, like that's probably the biggest boss. So the final boss I, is you. What kind of boss is me? No, the final boss is you. The final boss is me. I yeah. must conquer myself. Mm-hmm. Which is really funny, you know, because it just made me think of, have you ever played Hellblade, Senna with Sacrifice? Mm-mm. Okay, I don't want to give it, you know, spoilers. It's an incredible game, by the way. It came, uh, I was voted in in my channel as a game to play and I ended up playing it streaming. It was uh, nice. Beautiful, beautiful game. But you see that in most games, who's the final boss? It's you, Ninja Gaiden, back in Nintendo days. You fight yourself, right? Mm. That's the boss, you know? Yeah. And that's really what it is. It's just conquering my own fears, my own anxieties, the things that I battle and getting to the end of my life and knowing that I was trying to be the best person that I could be for myself and the people around me than trying to be the best person just for my own success and gain. I don't want to, I'd never want to put my success above being a healthy and whole and decent human to other humans, you know? Mm-hmm. So. That's a good answer. Okay. So say you conquer your final boss yourself and it mm-hmm. hits game over. What is the legacy or impact you wish to leave when somebody opens up your save file? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Yeah, I think for me, what I would want to do is I would want to look back at, I would want people to look back at my life and see somebody um, who cared more about people caring for each other than about people caring for him. And I say this a lot with my community is that there's a lot of different types of viewers and this is truthful outside of streaming, right? I'm just using that as the context for the conversation, but we have people watching us all around us every single day, friends, family, some of them are close and some of them are not. 
Some of my people are viewers once a week. Some of my people are subs. Some of the some of my people are fellow colleagues, other partners on the platform. Some of them are industry leaders, um, you know, management and companies, things like that. All these people are around you. And what I would want all of those people to see and know is like, you know, when you tune in and when you watch what I'm doing, the viewer to streamer relationship is really important. I want to care for them. They want to care for me. They want to encourage me. I want to encourage them. It's this back and forth. But for me, what I want to have done and I want people to see at the end of my life is I want them to look back and say, you know what, preacher, what he did is he created a place for us not just to care for him, but to have relationships with others where he isn't the focus, but the focus is on us learning about each other, actually. And so then I fade into the background. I'm a kind of phantom. And what ends up happening is relationships, friendships um, are formed because of the, the space that was created from what I'm doing and saying, you know? So like, that's really the legacy that I want to leave is I want people to see somebody that's selfless, um, walked humbly and put the needs of others before his own. Somebody who had integrity um, and wasn't willing to chase the, the you know, the dollar bill um, before um, putting them first, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Good answer. Thanks, that was, that's that's one hell of a safe file. Say that again, sorry. I said, am I getting graded? Am I going to get a grade after this? And like, uh, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, maybe but... in the comments. I don't know. Yes, Your fans might say something. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. But hey, man. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for sharing. That's awesome. So last question. Where can people find you? Mixer.com slash The Preacher. The Preacher Live on Instagram. The Preacher Live on Twitter. Watch The Preacher on Facebook. And I think that's it. I'm working on my YouTube channel, so I'm not going to say what it is. And I'll let you know. I'll probably post it. I'll post it in the comments if it ever happens. So Nice. Okay. Yeah, it'll, it'll live on YouTube forever, I promise. There you go. And maybe <laughs> I can get this and post it there so I can give you some bow. Yeah, of course. All right, Come Preacher. Again, thank you so much. Taking the time out of your busy day from what you shared. You have a lot going on. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on here and sharing your story on this platform. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And thank you guys for supporting Goldline. Um, and thank you for letting me be a part of the show. Always great to have an opportunity to... Uh, <laughs> it's always great to talk about yourself. So. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, going back to selfishness, I love talking yeah. about me. You yeah. know, um, it's always great to have an opportunity to share about your vision and your mission with others and connecting communities. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I hope that you'll stop in the stream sometime six days a week, uh, Sunday through Friday. So Nice. Uh, what time do you start? So I do three mornings and three evenings. And again, the schedule is always being revamped. But right now, uh, it's going to be Sunday, Monday, Wednesday evening. And then you got Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings. Nice. So I either start in the morning. Uh, the morning shift is usually 10 to 11 a.m. is when I start. And then the evenings are at 7 p.m. Eastern. So Nice. Dang. Yep. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Preacher, uh, like I said in the beginning, his brand is all about building people together through gaming with positivity and him sharing his story definitely backs that up if you're looking i encourage you guys from you can tell in the tone in his voice he's really about the mission that he talks he is really about what he says aka he's preaching what he's saying no pun intended but 
if you guys no, are i'm sorry no, i said that's perfect <laughs> yeah <laughs> so if you guys are looking for a community to be a part of to be completely open not just to yourself but to others because we are not alone in this floating rock we call earth we have a lot more in common than y'all think we all have the same struggles just different chapters and there is someone out there that's going through no wait hold on there is someone out there that went through what you're going through and they could always help and i with confidence i feel like there's somebody like that in his community so please mm. he did say everything about where to find him i encourage you to go check out his stuff again gamers safe out podcast episode 12 with preacher if you guys made it this far thank you so much let me know in the comments below your questions concerns anything about this it's amazing again it's your boy gold lion stay happy stay healthy and most of all gamers stay golden <laughs>